You're listening to the Joy Junkies Show podcast, episode 321. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 321. You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Hello, beautiful. It's good to be hanging out with you in here in the safe room. In the safe room. That's right. That's right. Everybody's safe here. That's right. This is the trust tree. The trust tree. <laughs> it's the circle of trust. That's right. Well, we, we have an actual safe room in our house. It's, it's pretty wild. It's this weird, like, I, I still don't even know what it is, like what it was supposed to be. Maybe Like if- when you built, when you built the blueprints for this house, what were you thinking for this room? What was it? What was it called? And like a like to nurse maybe a nursery that's what a nursery on the other side of your closet because because you guys this is how you get to this our secret <laughs> podcast safe room it, go through the bedroom so first you have to go up the stairs through the bedroom okay and then into the bathroom into the bathroom make a hard right make a hard <laughs> into the closet and now you're in a beautiful walk-in closet but wait there's more wait if you go soft right. <laughs> You end up in this little tiny room. Is it a soft right a or a soft left? Soft right. Okay. Did I say soft left? No. No, I've, it's a soft I've, right. I'm picturing it being a left. So then you're in this tiny room that the only way you can get there is to go through master bedroom, master bath, master closet, and then boom, this other additional room. And it, But it's substantial. It could be... It could be a yeah. It's what like twelve by eight, but it's also kind of a framed. It's kind of a yeah because it's, of it's, it's yeah deeper at the floor and it gets narrow as it goes up. Narrow, narrow. It gets a little narrow. Got a narrow ass. <laughs> <laughs> so we, I was like, oh, this is a perfect safe room. Like, let's get, let's like stock up for the apocalypse. That's right. Right. Put but, a lock on the door. But we would you know. need like full blown like metal doors that come down and shit yeah, like yeah, that yeah. yeah yeah to be fully doomsday prepped <laughs> that's right i mean mr smith does have some doomsday prep uh in him and i have some tendencies myself I have tendencies yes i i just feel like better safe i just feel like you should be prepared that's right you know it's not conspiracist or anything like that it's just like be prepared if shit happens and also this is a personal development podcast <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We have other shit to talk about. Oh, yeah. That's right. We went off on a tangent. We just wanted to tell you about our safe room because it's pretty awesome. And now we we put – we soundproofed it and got fancy new mics. and So it should be like honey in your ears. That's right. <laughs> sounds like honey, Raul. <laughs> <laughs> your voice sounds like honey tonight, Raul. <laughs> the soothing sounds of Raul, ladies and gentlemen. You had honey in your voice tonight, Raul. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. So w- this is going to be part one of a two-part series mm. where we're going to be discussing communication habits that it's likely you have adopted okay. and what you can do instead of those things. All right. So we're going to be talking about seven different common tactics that people employ to try to be heard and 
it usually does not work out and fails miserably. So huh, okay. this week might be a little like womp womp because we're going to talk about the seven kind of pitfalls that people go through. And then next week you'll have to tune in because I'm going to tell you what to do about these seven things. Okay. So All right. As we go through today, I want you to be thinking about how some of these things show up in your life because it's so easy for us to go, oh, no, I don't struggle with that or that's not my issue or if only my ex wasn't such a douchebag, everything would be fine. Well, if we step outside of that a little bit and let's look for what you can take ownership of so that you can actually create some conscious change. Hmm. Yep. 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 I'm on board. You're on board? I'm on board. Well, thank God because I wouldn't know what to do if you weren't. Wow. <laughs> lock myself in the safe in the, room. Yeah, lock yourself in the safe room. That's right. Does it even have a lock? I don't even know if it has a lock. I don't believe it does. I don't think so. How yeah. about – It's not very safe then, is it? It's not. <laughs> it's a quasi-safe. Yeah. It's semi-safe. Yeah, yeah. It's not really. It's not safe at not, all. And actually – Yeah. Anyway, how about you do your segment? Let's do that. We have a segment on this program that we like to call – would you rather? Okay. Today, we are going to do Ooh. a little throwback. Are you, uh, it's are a you, very vintage. Uh, would you rather? From the archives? From the archives. <laughs> one of our most popular, most favorite. That's right. Of all this time. One, yeah, of all time. I think that's just and you and still, me saying that. But. It's still quite – according yeah. to what data, right? <laughs> according to us. But it is quite a conundrum. But it did get a lot of traction actually. Yes. So let's it's see. Trending. Let's see. Let's see if this was this one. Hashtag trends. <laughs> uh, <laughs> would you rather have a tiny rhino yeah. that's living? Tiny like an actual rhino. alive tiny rhino. Remember tiny rhino? Yes. Tiny Woo-hoo. rhino is just fun to say. <laughs> I'm going to see how many times I can see tiny rhino in this I just want to say tiny segment. rhino all the time. Just say it over and over. Say what? Or shit a hundred dollar bill every time you went poop. <laughs> now you'd have to get that in there and get it out, clean it up, right? right? So obviously a tiny rhino, you know, it's got its benefits. That's right. So what's the downside of having a tiny rhino then? I don't know if there really what is. What are the any? pros and cons? Only thing that I could think of is just the upkeep. You would probably have to find an exotic animal that, vet that can take care of tiny rhinos. <laughs> I don't know if there's aggression. I don't know if they Do you have any experience with tiny rhinos? (laughs) Hi, uh, this is Amy Smith. And uh... (laughs) okay, so let's wait, let's go back a minute because I heard you say there's aggression issues. And I'm like, it's a fucking tiny rhino. I know, but what if. Who cares if it's aggressive? Well, what's it going to do? Well, Stab you like a pin? Well, let's have let's have some some context here. Like I'm picturing the size of like a, a guinea pig. I'm thinking like a paperweight. Oh, okay. Like like your palm of your hand. Kinda. Yeah, like a fist sized tiny rhino. <laughs> <laughs> and I would like mine to be maybe a little bit bigger. Like a, like. Oh, you get to decide. <laughs> oh, it's your segment now. But. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Okay. But if you have this tiny, there's upkeep, right? Like who, what do you, how, how do they poop? You know? Well, it would be like, it would be like raisinettes. Right. It's true. Right. Unless it's got the squirts. Maybe there's a hundred dollar bill on the (laughs) raisinette. But it's Monopoly money. (laughs) This is getting better and better. This is getting out of, this has gone off the rails. All right. So the downside is. You're going to have to do some upkeep with a tiny rhino. You have to make sure it has a habitat, which is <laughs> fucking amazing visual. A habitat. 
can, but can you carry it around in like a dog purse? But it's like, <laughs> and it's like stabbing the purse, like little holes in it from the rhino horn coming through it. I love it. Okay, but 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 you okay? So novelty, right? right? But you could make a shit ton of money. You could. You would be. How many tiny rentals are there out there? And if you have social, one exactly one exactly one. And if you. It went to parties and you had social anxiety. You could just let pull your out the tiny rhino. pull out the tiny rhino. That, that is an innuendo, right? There. His name is going to be like Jason. Jason the tiny rhino. <laughs> or like okay. What, okay. So in uh, on the Facebook page, you have to put if you pick tiny rhino, you have to put what you would name it. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. This is like the Kenjamin. It's <laughs> tiny rhino is going to blow this thing apart. Okay. Or, or all right, all you people out there that like to play devil's advocate. Would you rather shit a $100 bill every time you went? Because that's awesome. What if you went poop five times a day? That's well, $500 a day. You well, wouldn't my, have to work. My question is, can you take like X-Lax or? No. You can't. It has it's to be... whatever your regular schedule is these days. Okay. So you can't like prune it up yeah. or something. Prune it up. Because I wow. mean, I have prunes downstairs right now. Well, okay. So, so I could make before myself you like knew 500 you... real quick. <laughs> <laughs> before you knew that you could shit $100 bills every time you pooped. Whatever that schedule was. Okay. Okay. So no changing your diet. Yeah. Okay. And so, I mean, that for me is 700 bucks a week at least. If I'm on my periods, even more. (laughs) (laughs) Because you have period poos. You have period poos. Yeah. You got to count the period poos. Stay tuned because there is personal (laughs) development coming. (laughs) (laughs) We're like 30 minutes in and we're like, "Uh, I think there's a segment in here somewhere. This concludes our poo segment. Yeah. Um, Tiny rhino and $100 poo. That's right. That's right. So, I mean, I could understand if people were really... Strapped for cash. Benjapoo. <laughs> they would need some Benjapoo. Yeah. <laughs> but make that make that uh, trend. Yeah, let's let's Hashtag get that trending. Benjapoo. And that's B E N J I O J I Benjapoo. Okay. This is B E N J I P O O. Okay. Benjapoo. But what? That's like Benji from you know. The okay, dog, fine. Right? It's an A. Benja. It's Benja. Yeah, it's a Benjamin Franklin. It's a it's an A. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. All right. I went to college. Glad we glad we got that cleared up. Okay, out. great. So we would rather. We <laughs> the more would, you know. <laughs> we want to hear what you would rather. <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> we would love to hear what you would rather. So come over to our private Facebook group. It's called the Joy Junkie After Hours Club. After hours. And that is an amazing little corner of the internet. We just had a couple of people chime in the other day saying they're just so incredibly grateful for the space and how they can be themselves and find really great support and camaraderie. So very easy to get there. Just go to thejoyjunkie.com slash club. It redirects you right over there. And we talk about the Would You Rathers every single Monday. Mr. Smith cracks the whip, you know, if people try to say – my yeah. humorous comments. That's right. That is, again, very easy to find thejoyjunkie.com slash club. I do additional trainings every Thursday where you can get your specific questions answered. So please come and hang out with us. All right. So let's talk about – I need to, like, calm myself down from that. That was, like <laughs> – I really needed that. That was really funny. Okay. Let's talk about communication habits that you might be using currently that you probably need to break because they're not – very successful. They're not yielding very good results. Okay. The first one is something that we have a lovely little phrase to use, and it is sweeping it under the rug. Oh, the good old sweep under the rug. And we have 
so many statements like that. What are the? Is that a euphemism or a metaphor? Or what are those statements called? Like called, a cliche? It's not a cliche. No, it's not a cliche. I want to say it's a euphemism. I could be wrong, but saying things like sweeping it under the rug, opening up a can of worms, rocking the boat. It's a euphemism. Isn't it? I feel like it is. Yeah, I think it's euphemism. Will you look that up while I will. I'm talking? Okay, great. So sweeping it under the rug. Now, this can happen in two different forms where you do this in externally with other people and also internally with how you speak to yourself. So you might tell yourself something to the effect of you're making way too big of a deal over it. And then we chastise ourselves for how we operate. So we'll say things like you're just being too sensitive. You're being nitpicky. You are reading into things. And we use these phrases and the self-talk mechanism to thwart us from feeling what we really feel. And we disregard what's actually happening with us. Now, we sometimes do this externally. Was I right with you? Oh, are you still not? I'm still okay. 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 So euphemism is uh, a euphemism. It's a mild or indirect word or expression substituted for one considering to be too harsh or blunt. When referring to something unpleasant or embarrassing. Okay, so that's so like good. instead of saying job cuts, people would say uh, downsizing. Got it. Right, okay. that's a euphemism. Okay, it's a softer way to say something. Okay. Um, what we are looking for is an idiom. Ooh. An idiom is a group of words established by usage as having a meaning not deduce deducible from those of the individual words. Raining cats and dogs. See the light. That kind of Idioms thing. for the win. Idioms for the win. Okay, good. And so the all, more you know, the, the more you know. So everybody out there is screaming like idioms. <laughs> <laughs> so we got it right. Yes. All right. So back to our idiom of sweeping it under the rug. So externally, it sounds like this. It sounds like, oh no, that's no big deal. Or yeah, I can totally make it. Or oh, don't even worry about it. It's not even. I didn't even think twice about it. When you really did when you were really frustrated about something, when it really was a big deal, when it did really screw up your entire day. So this is incredibly important because what we are doing in those moments is we're choosing to say nothing. And what we don't realize about this, and those of you out there who this happens to, I'm sure you're going to be like, ah, yeah, that's exactly what happens. It festers. Oh, for sure. And we keep pushing it under and we keep pushing it under and then it erupts. And sometimes it erupts as an outward, you know, burst of negative energy where you get in an explosive fight with somebody. Yes. And then sometimes it erupts in illness or disease or injury where that energy has to go somewhere. And a lot of times it will create dis-ease. Yeah. So a lot of times we think that it's not worth it. I'm sure you've had those people who have gone, who have said, it's just not worth the fight. It's not worth bringing up. It's not worth addressing. And sometimes I think that's true. Yeah, absolutely. More often than not, though, I think we lean on that as an excuse to not speak up to about not things that matter to us. That's absolutely All right. So I want you to call yourself out. Are there situations where you do try to sweep it under the rug, either externally where you are verbally saying that to other people or that internal narrative. And a lot of times it's uh, in conjunction with one another. You've said something externally to somebody like, oh, it's no big deal. Don't worry about it. And then internally, if you're conflicted, you keep telling yourself, oh, you're making a big deal of nothing. You're being too sensitive. You're making mountains out of molehills, you know, whatever. <laughs> what other idioms? What other idioms you might employ? 
All right. So that's number one. Number two, this one is a big one, complaining and or colluding. Now, there's a reason why this method of communication feels incredibly sexy. It's because when we can stand in blame or resentment for another party, we don't have to do anything because it's not our fault. It's somebody else's fault. It's They're, out of our hands. It's out of our hands. Which is another idea. That's right. Way to go. We have a, just a top-notch research team here. <laughs> That's right. Uh, research and development over here. That's right. So. Complaining and colluding almost always indicates an area where you need to speak up that you have opted for complaining instead of being vocal. Okay. We feel incredibly validated and vindicated through our blame and through our resentment. And what we don't realize is that we are inadvertently locking ourselves into victimhood. We are saying, I cannot be powerful. I cannot make any choices for myself unless this person magically changes, unless my ex magically becomes thoughtful and considerate of the child's schedule. I can only be happy if my boss changes their entire delivery system and how they delegate projects. <laughs> and so what we're allowed to do then is just hang out in that victimhood, hang out in that blame, and just complain. Yeah. And a lot of times we will search for other people who that we can collude with. And I had this situation many years ago in a workplace that I was uh, employed at, and I really, really didn't like the boss. And I looked for every opportunity to talk shit on her with other employees. And granted, this was like a good 15 years ago now. But I had it made up in my mind who she was, what she was all about, and I was determined to – Talk about it all the time, yeah. right? Like, poor us, woe is us. Not being proactive, not talking to her about anything, just colluding. And I remember I had a session with my coach at the time, and she said, this is not you. This is not how you behave. What is going on here? And, you know, we were able to dissect it and get to the root of it and deal with it. And so I made the commitment to not collude, to not complain about her. And I swear to God, it was the most miraculous thing that happened. All of a sudden, no one else was talking about her. No one else <laughs> yeah. was talking shit. Wow. No, the schedules hadn't been changed, nothing like that. Just my perspective of her began to change when I was not so acutely focused on the blame and the resentment and how shitty she was. I switched my focus into one of open communication and sharing of what I needed to say. And we're still friends to this day on Facebook, like totally ended up becoming friends. Well, if your friend's on Facebook, then it's definitely – Then it's legit. It's legit. Of course. But what I want to you to understand is a lot of times, even outside of this realm of communication, when you are complaining and colluding all the time and locked into that victimhood, you're creating that reality of being bummed out, yeah. being frustrated, being angst-ridden. And then what do we do? We gather evidence to support it even more so. And like, oh, well, of course this would happen to me. Shit's going down at work and shit's happening over here. Yeah. And we keep gathering evidence to support this really shitty narrative that's happening. All right. So I want you to watch this for yourself. And I want you to notice 
Who do you complain about and with whom? And when I say complain or collude, I mean consistently because we are all going to need to vent. We're all going to have that frustration built up where we just need to release. I'm talking about a habitual pattern of behavior where you are constantly complaining and then doing nothing to speak up to this person, mm-hmm. nothing to rectify, no, no action on your behalf except to be a victim. That's what I'm talking about. Huh. Okay. All right. So number one, sweeping under the rug. Number two, complaining and concluding. Number three, using jokes or passive aggressiveness. Oh, yeah. That's a favorite. This is a favorite for most people because it is a natural defense mechanism. Yeah. It is the way that we learn how to get our needs met largely from our family of origin. And that's the way we grew up. Like we teased, we razzed each other, and that's how you communicated. Nobody is really straight up vulnerable and sit down and say, hey, here's how that is landing for me or here's how I'm feeling about this. Can we rectify? And then if you do, God forbid, in a family like that, you get razzed even more like, oh, look who's so sensitive, you fucking wuss, and all the shit that we say when people express emotions and are actually human with us. And we don't know how to be that. We don't know how to be with that, right? Yeah. So what also happens with jokes and passive aggressiveness is we are expecting or we're hoping that somebody will get the inference or that they will get this magical interpretation of if I joke about this enough or if I make these passive aggressive comments to my partner enough, she'll know or he'll know that I actually do want to start a family or that this drives me fucking batshit when she leaves her hair in the the shower in this way. So an example of of sort of a passive aggressive behavior would be something like, you know, for instance, I used to leave my lovely black hair affixed to the wall of the shower, Mm -hmm. which you hate. Now, because we have open communication, you can very clearly say to me, babe, the really, really grosses me out. Yeah. (laughs) Drowned spider on the wall. I completely understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And asked me very kindly, would you be willing to work on this, right? Now, a passive aggressive move might be to gather it all up and like set it on my countertop on my yeah, side of the right. <laughs> my side of the vanity. That's definitely passive aggressive. So it's expressing a, an emotion for sure, but you're not using your words and you're not saying, "Hey, here's a problem for me." I would like this fixed and saying it in a really kind way, which we'll talk about a lot next week. Another great example is when somebody offends you. And instead of really concretely saying that really bothers me, you just go like, oh, wow, (laughs) well, that sure is an opinion, you know, and you kind of say a sarcastic or jokey response, but Hmm. you don't underline that that was problematic for you or that you found that offensive. Right. Another example I've used in the past is let's say you do want to start having a family and you're not sure where your partner is and you're so deathly afraid of having this vulnerable conversation that you just make snide little comments or jokes. Like let's say your sister gets pregnant and you say, wow, must be nice to get pregnant that quickly or Whew. Yeah, biological clock sure is a ticking over here. And then you just magically hope that your partner reads that you are 100% ready to start a family. Well, yeah, you're either asking uh, the person to make an assumption or you're asking them to use their words. Right. Because then they have to go, wait, 
do I need clarification on this? Are you joking or are you serious? Exactly. Right? Exactly. Instead of, and that gets, that's the beginning of the muddle, Mm -hmm. right? And if you get muddled, the conversation breaks down pretty quick. And that, that's what I think is so detrimental to constantly hoping people get our drift. Right. Hoping that they'll interpret. Yeah. You know, hoping that they'll infer what you're saying. And we all compute information very, very differently, especially in families of origin and especially in intimate partnerships. Almost always there is a direct difference of communication between partners. When we say op- opposites attract, it really is true. Sure. And you and I have had to work, you know, pretty s- substantially to to come to the same table and and – Fortunately, I have such an involved man. I'm so grateful. <laughs> Thank you, baby. And I was just so forthright, but I didn't scare you away. I think that would scare a lot of people away. Sure, sure. But I saw this great quote the other day that I've seen floating around on a meme, and it said, my partner and I have started to just say, I need attention. And it has completely <laughs> gotten through so much wasted time and bullshit. I knew her. And I need attention. <laughs> Anita? I need attention. I need attention. I have a wine glass that says I need attention. Yes. It's got a picture of you on it. That's right. That's or a right. painting. It's that like looks a caricature. A lot like you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's so true. And I even today I was like, honey, I'm feeling really needy. Yeah. And yeah. I need I need love. I need, you know, and I just say very easily, here are the things that I need. We don't typically do that, right? And we'll we'll get into a lot more ideas about that next week. But I want you to notice. This week, as you go through, when am I making snide comments? It might even be to siblings. Like maybe you want them to help out a little bit more with your parents. And you say like, well, looks like you have another business trip. And you don't, you know, you've got like this bite to your voice, but you're not saying outright, I need you to help me more with mom and dad. Something like that. Right. Because it's up for interpretation on the other end. Exactly. Like, are they jealous of me as a business person? Right. What are they asking of me when they say that? Right? That's exactly right. That's yeah. exactly right. And that builds resentment on both sides. And then so on the receiving end, you either start making up stories mm-hmm. like what you just referenced or we – and this is my com- common thought process is, well, if it was that serious to him, he would tell me. Or if yeah, it was he'd, that, be more, he'd be more straightforward with his words if he was serious. If she was serious about that, she wouldn't be joking. Right. Right, right, that's, right. That's, that's what exactly my right. brain, the mm-hmm. rationale comes in. So you need to be crystal fucking clear. Okay. So again, more on that next week. So number four, this was is one of my favorites and I like to call this reporting. This is when you just give out a bunch of information about what's happening in your life, oh, but yeah, you don't say what you really need because of how you feel. An example would be a boss comes to you and says, Hey, can I give you X, Y, or Z project? And instead of saying, I'm I'm really, really overwhelmed. I don't think I can take one one more thing. You just start reporting all the shit that you have to do. And you start going, well, I've got the TPS report that I have to do. In triplicate. In triplicate by this time. And I've got the the Jones case that I'm working on. And I've got this. And I can't miss picking up my family, you know, and my kids at school and blah, blah, blah. And sure, I can do it. Right. So we give this big old report, hoping that they will then infer, oh, wow, she's really slammed. But they're not. They're just thinking, can you do the why are you telling me all this? They're right. (laughs) We do this in in our partnerships as well. You know, somebody says your partner says like, hey, do you want to go get dinner tonight? 
and you say, well, I've got to do this, I've got to do that, I've got to do this, I've got this, I've got that. And what you are trying to say is I need more help around the house so that I can have the luxury of free time. Yeah. That there is some resentment that's happening in the dynamic, but you don't do that. You just report. Here's a nice long list. Okay. (laughs) So here's what I want you to do. I want you to notice when you report and I want you to notice what are you really wanting to say. Okay. Because that's usually just the buffer of I hope they get my point. I hope they see what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And usually that is very much in tandem with how you feel about it. So the example with the boss, it's probably something like I feel undervalued or I feel micromanaged or I feel like I'm always the scapegoat. I'm always the one that you're going to give extra work to because Amy will say yes, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. So you've got to nail down that real issue. Because that's what needs to be addressed. Same thing in that partnership. Your partner very innocuously asks you if you want to go out to dinner. And you respond with a little vitriol, a little bite with your report. What's really happening there is likely that you feel like there's a division of labor and it's not fair. And you want a little bit more help. And here, your partner, on the other hand, is thinking, oh, I'm extending an olive branch. Maybe we can connect tonight. Maybe we can have a great dinner together, and now they're brutally rebuffed, and here we get into this crazy cycle, right? Right. So I want you to start noticing this week, when do I report, and what's the real issue underneath it, and what do I feel about that real issue? Most Hmm. of the time, it's emotions we need to express that we are straight up terrified of doing. Interesting. Yeah. It's amazing how we kind of skirt around things for, for silly reasons, really. It, well, we also have to remember that everything in our society tells us to do so. Look how many idioms we have of it. That's true. Sweep under the rug, rock the boat, open up a can of worms. Mm-hmm. You know, the, all of that basically means shut the fuck up. <laughs> That's what that all says to you. Sure. And so we're especially women, you know, and if you are around family of an older generation, it is children are seen and not heard. Right. Yeah. There's all these different notions, depending on how you were how you were brought up about what's acceptable to be vocal about and what's not. Mm. All right. Number five, telling everyone your issue except the person who needs to hear it. Oh, yeah. This also is very much in tandem with number two, the complaining and colluding. Most of the time you'll get the energy up to talk to your best friend about how shitty your spouse is. Or you're really frustrated with your parents, and so your spouse gets an earful. Or you're really upset about your boss, and your therapist knows all about it. Right. So you are being vocal. You are addressing it, but with the wrong people. Okay? Okay. And that very easily, with inaction, slides into that victimhood and that colluding place and constant complaining. Now, again, I want to make this very clear that I'm not talking about venting and I'm not talking about a clearing where you need to just get shit out that you're pissed at or be upset and move on and then go to the solution. I'm talking about when it is consistent behavior and you're not taking any type of action. All right. So I want you to think about that. And this might be, again, in direct correlation to some of the stuff that you complain or collude about. Who are those people that you're confiding in and are you telling them things? That need to be told to a totally different party. 
Because although that person might provide comfort or solace for you, they're not able to change the dynamics of the situation. Right. So right, if you right. want to rectify shit in your marriage, you have to talk to your partner. That's a difference of, uh, well, another difference to make is if you're going to someone for advice so that you can talk to the other person. Exactly. Right? Not just let me talk shit and not yes. deal with the other person. And the and, and from a practitioner standpoint, a really good therapist or a good life coach will call you out on that Absolutely. and say, we've talked about this for four weeks and you have not had a conversation. And I have done this before where I'm like, I'm not discussing this with you until you go talk to that person. Right. Like, do you do that in your program? I do. And fortunately, people are so invested that most of the time they just go and do exactly what they're sure, supposed sure. to do. <laughs> But yeah, so if you're not familiar, I have a, an incredible cr- program, if I do say so myself. You, and you do. Called, but you should. <laughs> thank you. Called Deep Down and Dirty. And it spans over almost four months, which creates massive transformation in people's lives. And it truly is about people who have been walking through life feeling stuck, feeling like they're not enough, being constantly in, uh, invested in everybody else's opinions. Mm. A lot of this stuff, like why are we so afraid to speak up? Because of what people will think about us. Right. Right. And God forbid if I'm not a yes man all the time or a totally girl that people aren't going to like me. And what does that mean about my value and my worth? People afraid to be seen, um, wanting to accomplish all sorts of things and knowing damn well you are the only one in your own way. Right. Right. I mean – Seriously. So if you are interested at all in doing that sort of a deep dive, I do it sort of an invitation only sort of program. But your first item of business would be to go to the joyjunkie.com slash workshop. And I've created a completely free workshop that you can go through. You definitely want to have a pen and paper available as it is very comprehensive. I talk a lot about the conscious mind and the subconscious mind and why certain things in personal development don't work. So if you've been you know, listening to pods or listening to self-help books or doing a little program here or there and it doesn't really seem to stick, there's a very strong reason for that. There's actually science behind what's happening in the brain. Yeah. So I cover all of that in the workshop. And then you'll see an opportunity to, to book a call with my team and they can talk to you specifically about the things that you're up against in your life and look and see if deep down and dirty is a good option for you. So again, thank you for reminding me, babe. Go yeah. to the joyjunkie.com slash workshop and that will take you right over there. So you do deal with that in that program. That's good. Yeah, we actually, we the way that it works, the way the whole program works is the beginning is untangling all the shit that's not working, your disempowering beliefs, uh-huh. that whole feeling of not enoughness. Then we move into who do I want to be? What do I stand for? What are my core values? What fulfills me, my identity? And then sort of the third phase of the program, we go into how do I now communicate that with others? Now that I do believe in myself, now uh-huh. that I do have confidence, now what does that look like? So that's the this part here is the third Exactly. Part. Yeah. And what's so great about that is, you know, I have students all the time who are like, I have to have this conversation with my in-law. I have to talk to my sister about this issue. What do I say? How do I do it? Mm-hmm. And I tell them verbatim, here's here's what you say. And they get those very specific get scripts. That script, yeah. Related to their issue at hand. Nice. So, yes, number five, telling everyone except the person who needs to hear it. This is really, really huge. All right. So – Quick recap. Number one, sweeping it under the rug. Number two, complaining or colluding. Number three, jokes or being passive aggressive. Number four, reporting. Number five, telling everyone except the person who needs to hear it. Number six, 
straight up fucking lying, just making shit up. Here's what I here's what this sounds like. Oh, are you going to be able to come to my party? No, you know what? I've totally forgot that I, I have take this. Take my gerbil to the hospital. Exactly. I have this. My tiny rhino has been growing <laughs> up, and I've got to go to this exotic fed and blah blah blah. Where we just make shit up. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I'm going to give you tons of great ideas about what to say instead next week. But here's what I want you to think about. If you value honesty, and if you would say to me right now that it is paramount for you to have a partner or a loved one or a bestie that is uh, explicitly honest with you, then you need to start being that person as well. Right. You cannot go around claiming that you value honesty and then lie your ass off all the time. It's true. It's out of integrity and it's not who you want to be, nor is it who you want to attract. None of us say, oh, I want a really rich group of girlfriends who just tell me what I want to hear (laughs) and blow smoke up my ass. You know, no, we go, I want somebody who's authentic, who's kind and compassionate, but I want somebody who calls me on my shit and says like, hey, you know, that wasn't that cool. Or I think you, I think you could look at this in a little bit of a different light, something like that. So if you value honesty, I want you to think right now, any type of uh, declining invites, saying you're not going to be able to make it for something, saying, no, you're not going to be able to complete something for somebody has to be honest. And again, next week we'll talk about some specific ways to say that without being a dick. Yeah. All right. And then finally, number seven, communication habit you've got to break is saying yes when you really mean no. That's, yeah, that's one of the ones you work on a lot in your program. That's right. Because there's a lot of things hidden underneath of it. Yeah, I think we cover that in... At length, and I want to say it's in week 10, where we specifically look at these are the things that I am chronically saying yes to. Mm-hmm. And what what we don't realize is there is an equal and opposite reaction. When you say yes, there's an equal no. So mm-hmm. it means if I'm saying yes to this opportunity, that means I'm saying no to self-care or no to downtime or no to dating my partner. If I'm saying yes to volunteering this much time, it means I'm saying no to my workouts. There's always going to be some sort of sacrifice. And I'm not saying to stop saying yes to things because I think there are times when we really, really do need to say yes to things. Sure. For sure. Of course. I'm talking about obligatory, guilt-ridden obligations where you feel like you have to say yes or else what? Or else other people are going to think something poorly of you. (laughs) Yeah, right, right, right. I might not be as accepted. Blah, 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 blah. So I want you to start thinking about that. Um, There was somebody in After Hours who just wrote about that and said she got stuck in a conversation at work. And what she really needed to do was get get back to work and get stuff done and was afraid to tell them, no, I can't really talk right now. And so I gave her some some verbiage ideas and – that that's a perfect example of we just have to speak up a little bit in the moment very kindly and excuse ourselves so that we can say yes to ourselves and the things yeah. that really matter to us. All right. Sure. So again, more on that coming next week. And I do have actually a really exciting announcement to share with you, you all. You do? I do. I didn't even tell you about no, this. No, I don't know about this. So this is a secret little passion project that I'm starting with my very best friend, Andrea Owen. Uh, you have told me about this. You know about this, but you don't know about me talking about it on the pod. So we are starting 
a brand new podcast. We're going to do a introductory season of eight episodes. It'll be coming at you at the beginning of the year. There will be a comedy element to it. So we're really excited about that. Oh, yeah? Who are going to have come do the comedy? <laughs> shut up. Ah. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> We're outsourcing it. You're asshole. outsourcing the guy. No, it's us. <laughs> but we need your help. What we are going to be doing is sounding off on questions that come in from our respective audiences and giving advice, life advice. Mm. So we need you to go over to notanotherpod.com and submit your most <laughs> urgent, burning personal Love development question. Notanotherpod.com. That's funny. Notanotherpod.com. And I will, of course, put the link into the show notes. But it is up. It is ready to take your submissions. And again, we're only going to be covering off eight in the first season. So if you've got something that you're like, I have got to get this rectified, please give me some advice. And you need it kind of to be shot straight. And, you know, no. Or if you feel like you have a juicy topic. Yeah, yeah, same. Yeah. But it will definitely be no BS, tell you how it is sort of situation. Cool. Not another nice. com, And uh, I'm just so excited about it. So if you listen through to the end of this episode, you got to hear all the juicy tidbits. So, Ooh. yeah. <laughs> so you have lots of places to, to scope out. Be sure to check out the show notes for all of the links and so that you can attend the workshop and do all of the, the awesome offerings that you've got at your disposal. And should I do a quick recap or are we good to go? Um, I think people can rewind it if they want to recap. All right, cool. Yeah. Anything else that you wanted to throw into the space? No, I've got nothing to throw. Nothing to throw. Nothing to throw today. Okay, no yeah. problem. All right, <laughs> my friends. Well, we will see you around these parts next week. So here is to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Miss Smith, out. Mm.